Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. All right, so today we are going to be talking about enrichment and how to encourage movement in the natural environment and things like that. Um, So do you want to get started since this is your choice of topic? We have talked about this here and there, just not like actually dedicated one episode to it. So a lot of the things we say probably will be repeats, but I guess the big thing to start off with is that enrichment isn't necessarily always the animal working for food. There can be other things that you can do for enrichment that aren't just like using a snuffle mat or scattering carrots around the pasture. That's not always food-based. Yeah, that's so true, because I think a lot of people really just think it is food-based, and food-based enrichment is great, but there are other things besides that. I guess maybe, like, we should explain what exactly we mean by enrichment. Like, I feel like most of our audience probably already knows what it is, but just in case somebody didn't, we should probably explain that. So I guess the way that I understand it is just sort of like an activity to provide mental stimulation and help the animal exhibit some, like, natural species like appropriate behaviors that they might not be able to exhibit as much in the like kind of man-made environments that we have that don't necessarily allow them to have a lot of like mental stimulation and choice and like what activities they're performing and stuff. So that's, yeah, that wasn't like a super clear definition, but I feel like that's how I would think of it. Yeah, me too. And I think it's important to talk about that because I haven't seen a lot of people really say anything about it with horses, but I'm in some dog groups on Facebook. And just the other day, I saw someone who was like, well, why would I use a lick mat? Like, my dog isn't getting any mental enrichment from this. They're just licking this rubber thing. But like, they just saw it as like a reinforcement opportunity. Like, they might use it if they're doing a nail trim or giving the dog a bath or something like that. But they were saying that the dog isn't really working for it as much as they would for like a Kong or a trickle feeder of some sort. So they don't see how it can be enriching. But just because it's easy doesn't mean that it's not enriching to the animal. Yeah, that's so true. And I think like with horses specifically, I think a lot of people maybe don't think about how the environments that we have for horses do really limit like what natural behaviors they would be performing. Like not even just in the sense of like we want them to have turnout and stuff, but even if they do have that turnout, a lot of turnout is like just a field. Even if it's a large field, it's like kind of a limited area where the horse has to stay within that area and they can forage around in that area and they can move around in there. But like in the wild, horses walk so much more. Like I don't, it's like many, many miles a day. I don't know what the exact number is, but yeah, so they're there just isn't really like the space for most horses to move around that much unless you, you know live like way out in the west and you have like 500 acres and the horses are just like roaming on there which is great but most people don't have that situation so even like fairly large pastures it's still limiting what their natural movement and foraging behaviors would be so not that enrichment has to be like related to movement or foraging but I think like part of it is just trying to get back those natural behaviors that maybe we are limiting with our environment. That can be as simple as just like putting out some wood planks or posts around the water trough so they have to move their feet. Or like I said earlier, you can scatter carrots across the pasture so they have to go around and forage for those. Like it doesn't have to be complicated and it can be done even in just like a stall environment. 
even if you don't have a full pasture or maybe the horse is stalled 12 or so hours a day, there are ways to include enrichment in any horse's life, not just horses that are on turnout 24-7. Yeah, that's very true. And I think a lot of people maybe do recognize that enrichment is more needed for horses that are stalled or don't have a proper turnout situation. But I mean, it still is needed for any horses, really, I think, to improve their quality of life. But yeah, in the stall, you can definitely have like a, we can have one of those like hay ball things that like distribute the hay pellets. I might not do that if it's going to get mixed into the bedding and the horse is going to eat the bedding because you don't really want that to happen unless you're using edible bedding, which on another note, you should use edible bedding if you're stalling. But (laughs) um, yeah, if you have an area where they're not going to eat the bedding, if it's not edible and you could do that, that would be great. I know some people even like in a non-food example we'll use like a mirror and the horse I don't know if they just like looking at themselves or if they think it's another horse or what I have no idea what the actual science is behind that but um, I think a lot of horses do really enjoy having that mirror in there that they're able to kind of look at and get a different view or something to look at like as they move around what they see in the mirror moves around I think that's pretty interesting and I know that like when I've seen my horses look in mirrors um, my current horses, I've never seen them look in a mirror, but Coco used to really like to look at herself in the mirror and you could tell she was really interested by it. So things like that in the environment that they might find interesting or want to look at, just trying to bring that into their space so they can see it is a good idea as well. I think novel things in general can be really beneficial and enriching for horses. Like I don't remember when it was a while back, I posted a video of Pharaoh playing with one of the dog's toys that he actually kicked and broke, but it's fine. But it had like a bell somewhere in it. It was a stuffed rabbit that had a bell somewhere and he would just like pick it up and toss his head to make the sound or kick it to make sounds. And like, that's something that I just bought at a thrift store for like 50 cents. It was super cheap and I don't really care that he broke it. Like sounds too. Sounds are one thing that aren't food-based that can be really enriching or even just something they can play around with with their mouths or feet. Different toys. Some horses like jolly balls. Mine don't really care for them, but that's an option for some horses. Yeah, I agree. And on the concept of like other sensory things like smell is a big one that a lot of people don't think about since smell is a horse's strongest sense that like as far as we currently know with the information and so finding something that can kind of bring smell in for your horse is really cool um you can teach them scent work which could be a form of enrichment or a form of training I mean there can be some crossover between what's enrichment and what's training like in that sense but Um, something like that would be really cool or giving them sort of free choice access to a couple different kinds of herbs like I'm not saying just like an unlimited amount if it's not something you should give an unlimited amount but like just set it out somewhere where they can kind of find it like you could put it on like a little log or something or on a stump or just like on a fence post or something that they can reach and let them kind of explore around and maybe see what different herbs you put out and see what ones they want And that also can be a good way with nutrition if you want them to get some of an herb, but you don't really want them to necessarily like always have it mixed into their feed because horses actually do a really good job of like self-regulating and knowing what different herbs and minerals they need and which ones they don't. So if you're able to kind of just like leave some things out and they can kind of explore around and choose what they think they want or need at that time, that can be a really effective way of giving them control over 
something that is an enrichment activity because it's kind of stimulating their like their seeking and foraging and scent, but also giving them like the choice over their own nutrition as well. So I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, I've seen quite a few people do that. And I've also seen people like brew tea. So they'll put different herbs or flowers, whatever is horse safe in a bucket like they would water. And then it'll just be tea instead. And that would be another similar form of getting some of that seeking in foraging behaviors out. But obviously you still have to provide clean, normal water. You don't want the horse to just drink tea. Yeah, (laughs) that wouldn't be the best. No. (laughs) But yes, tea as a little uh, treat thing in addition to normal water, that is a really good idea. I would love to try that. I don't think I've tried that yet, but I would really like to do that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think those are all really good ideas of enrichment. I mean, you can try music, see if they like to listen to any specific type of music. I've not really noticed my horses having much of a reaction like externally to any real type of music that I'm playing for them um so I don't know if that means they don't care for it or they just aren't like showing an external reaction but maybe they are listening to it and enjoying it somehow I'm not sure but um I have heard other people say that that's been a good enrichment activity for them so that could be worth a try as well something I have to try again because I used to have the radio on when I would ride Wonder, but that was like years ago now. And he would be really spooky, but he was just really spooky in general then. So it's kind of hard to determine whether or not that was just because of his emotional state or if he really just doesn't like music. So I have to play around with that too. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he could have developed some type of negative associations with it if he was not in a good state mentally while he was being ridden and then obviously like if he's listening to the music during that time so that would be really interesting to see how he would react to it now and see like if it's if he now likes it or if he still has like a negative association with it or maybe he just naturally doesn't like it yeah I'll have to play around with that and find out I mean if I go out there not in a training setting I will often have music or like a podcast playing out loud and he doesn't really seem to react much. He doesn't seem to care at all really, but he's also not usually like right at my side training if I'm just out there doing whatever else. So it'd be interesting to try it in a context where he is more interactive with me and nearby rather than just grazing 25 feet away or whatever he's doing. Yeah, that makes sense. And that also reminds me, Joe does have the radio on a lot in her barn. So I think my horses are hearing music a lot. So that also, and like just talk radio things. So I think that also, maybe they're just used to it at this point. So they're not really reacting to it. But a horse that doesn't really hear music a lot might find it more interesting. Yeah, definitely. Another thing that you'd have to work up to, but I think taking horses on trail rides or walking in hand can be really enriching too. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's a lot about horses and their exploration, specifically with scent, that we don't understand. Like I recently learned something about horses rolling. There was an Instagram post about it. I'm not sure if you saw it. I wish I could remember who it was so I could credit them. Maybe I'll like go back and look. But basically their post was saying that When horses roll, it's actually like a social behavior where they're like, well, partially they're indicating to other horses either, I mean, I think rolling could be like a calming signal or they could be indicating like some other type of social um, message. And then also when they roll, it leaves behind certain like scents from that horse on the ground. And then other horses 
sometimes will roll in that exact same spot to kind of like cover up the scent of the other horse or like get in the scent of the other horse or something like that. Definitely like we need to look more into what the actual science on that is. But I think like scent is really involved in a lot of like natural horse behaviors. And like, for example, with dogs, a big reason why we take them on a walk, not the only reason, but a big one is so that they can explore and sniff. And I think letting horses be able to also do that would be really, really good for them. And I think horses are naturally really curious and wanting to explore with their noses and mouths. And we kind of like get that behavior out of them by punishing them as babies for like being mouthy or um, not leaning nicely if they're trying to like forage around or sniff around or anything like that. So I think kind of like bringing back some of those more natural behaviors of wanting to forage around and sniff around on walks is a really good idea so like going on a walk with your horse doesn't have to be like okay we're going on a walk you have to have your head up and you have to like walk nicely beside me and you know do this leading thing whether that's with a lead rope or with a target or whatever but I think the better way for an enrichment walk would be to kind of let the horse go off the trail a little bit or you know, forage around and sniff around, even if not the whole time, at least take significant breaks for them to be able to do that so that they can get in that natural behavior. Yeah. And if you can't do that, if that's not an option, maybe there's no trails nearby or maybe the horse just hates trailering, whatever. You could even just take them right outside the pasture to hand graze because even though it's right outside the fence line, that is a different environment to your horse if they're never going out there besides maybe to train or ride or whatever, but they're not usually able to explore that area freely. Yeah, that's a good point. I do that a lot with my horses because oh, I, I do it specifically because they have limited turnout. And so I will kind of hand graze them as a chance for them to get out and move around and get some grass and hang out. But yeah, I mean, that is also like exploring too, not just like eating or whatever. So there's a lot of different benefits that can come from those types of things. Yeah, there's so many more. I have a whole list of different things in front of me. <laughs> and it's just, there's even more than that too, that you've talked about. It's crazy. There's so many options. It's a good thing. They really are. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, one that I find really interesting that my trainer, Rachel, has is she has a pond in her area where her horses are. And the horses love to go in the pond and just kind of like splash around and play around. And I unfortunately haven't been able to see them go back there yet. Last time I was there, we like walked back there and tried to get them to go in the pond, like calling them over and being like, come on, guys. But they didn't want to go in. So, Um, but I have seen lots of videos of them in there and it's very interesting to see them just kind of like exploring a new thing and even though like over time they're probably going to get used to the pond being back there it's still like a a different thing that they can do and like a different activity in their environment that they can do and so it's really interesting and also like kind of just a tangent but it's really interesting there's one horse in the herd who won't go in the water at least in the videos that I've seen all the other horses will go in the water and the one horse will just kind of stay on the edge and watch. So it's also really interesting, like how individuals might find certain things like a positive enrichment and others might find it just like something they don't want to do or scary or something like that. So um, also, I guess on that note, like if, you know, you listen to us talking about going for a walk, but your horse isn't like you I mean like you said you need to work up to that if your horse isn't in the mental state or 
um, in the right environment to be able to do that, then that's, it, it's not enrichment and it's not a positive experience unless the horse is finding it to be that. So if they're really just over threshold and scared and not wanting to go, then like it's important to recognize that as well. And certain individuals may just not enjoy certain activities as much as others. Yeah, that's the same with like in training, what a horse finds reinforcing or punishing isn't determined by you. It's determined by the horse. And that's the exact same thing with enrichment. You can't decide what's fun for the horse. That's totally up to them. Yeah, exactly. Like with scratches, some horses love scratches. Other horses do not want to be touched. So (laughs) yeah, for sure. I have one of each. So (laughs) yes. (laughs) Scratching is another good way of providing enrichment too, though. Not like you manually scratching your horse but like I've seen people have like a fence post that's not connected to the fence just like out in the pasture and they'll put broom heads on it or hard brushes things that the horses can rub on and that's something I need to do I don't have anything like that but we used to at one barn they had already had I forgot what brand it was it was just like a plastic thing with bumps on it and it was designed for horses to scratch themselves on. And you could tell they used it because in the spring, especially, there would be hair like coated on top of it. So that's something that can be really easy to DIY. Or there's even brands that make them that you can just buy and screw them onto something. Yeah, that's a really good one. I've seen a lot of things about that on Pinterest, actually, like showing different ways of making that using like a random post and then adding different things to it that are scratchy that the horses might like to scratch on um and I think a lot of horses will just scratch on the fence post which is also fine but if they are going to break the fence then that's not ideal like when Coco lived with Joe back several several years ago she would always scratch on the fence post and she actually broke the fence post and Tiny escaped because of it so (laughs) you definitely don't want to um have that happen which is another reason why providing like a actual pole that's like for scratching could be a good idea too and I think that also gets into how enrichment can also help possibly decrease some other unwanted behaviors because you are giving them an outlet for their appropriate behavior and mental stimulation and things like that so that could you know hopefully help prevent them from other unwanted behaviors like breaking the fence or even in training like it could help them be a bit more calm and focused if they've had their um like adequate mental stimulation and like natural enrichment in their environment yeah for sure a big thing I've noticed in training all across the board, regardless of species, is that people don't really provide a lot of enrichment. And many of the behaviors that the animals are presenting can be not fixed, but they can start to go away or decrease or even just be less dramatic when you start to provide some forms of enrichment into their lives. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think people see that some with like stereotypic behaviors and those types of things in horses. I mean, I don't have data on it, but From what I've heard, I think that if you do provide enrichment in a stall for a horse, they're going to be hopefully less likely to be exhibiting that behavior and it might decrease over time. I mean, it could depend some on the behavior too. Like I think particularly cribbing is really difficult to decrease or stop once you kind of get that habit going with the horse. But I think in general, those things can be really helpful and help decrease that behavior. Yeah. 
With cribbing, I'm wondering if something like a lick mat might help because they're not sucking on it, but they're still like licking and chewing it like they would with like the stall door or fence posts if they're outside and things like that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that also reminds me something that I heard once. I think it might have been on, I'm trying to remember, it was on somebody's podcast. What's the one podcast about nutrition that's like really popular? Oh yeah, Feed Room Chemist. I think yeah. it was on that. I think it was on that one, but I'm not 100% sure. But they were talking about how horses naturally, they don't naturally lick very much. They more so like bite with their teeth a little bit so when you give them something like I think they were talking about like a salt lick thing sometimes it can be difficult for them to like use that as they're supposed to and they might like bite at it sort of more so than licking at it so I thought that was kind of interesting I mean I've seen horses like licking at things and it didn't seem to be an issue or causing a problem or anything but That's something that I remember hearing that, you know, maybe could be like a factor in that. I don't really know. Yeah, that's interesting. I used to use like big mineral blocks, like those huge 10 plus pound ones before I realized that they don't have a lot of good stuff in them. My horses would have those gone like within a week, which is really not good. (laughs) But it's because because they were just taking huge chunks of it. They weren't licking it. Yeah, I mean, that that could be an example of that then, but maybe it depends, like, if it's, because you, I mean, you can bite those things, like, you shouldn't, but you can with, like, with, like, lick mats and stuff like that, you can't really bite those so much. I mean, you can, but not to, not in the same way you can bite, like, a salt lick or something, so. Yeah, it won't break apart, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know, that's something to look into. I need to figure out what the actual science is behind that and uh it's so stressful because I feel like I learned so much and I'm always like oh yeah I saw this and I learned this but I can't remember where it's from or I can remember where it's from but I can't remember like some exact piece of the information oh my gosh there's just so much out there <laughs> I have that same issue you just go yes. down these rabbit holes and then you forget who said what or where it came from <laughs> exactly and like the thing about the salt licks I heard that literally like probably six months to a year ago so it's like an old piece of information not anything I learned like recently but I just like have it in the back of my head because I found it surprising because salt licks are such a common thing that people have for horses and so I just kind of kept it in the back of my head like hmm, that's interesting I didn't know that and then now I like can remember it but it's like just kind of vague back in the back of my head <laughs> What are those things called that you hang in the stall and they're like, it's an apple shape and you put the really sugary garbage in them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I've been thinking about that all day. Oh my goodness. I I feel like I feel like I know. I think it might just be called like lick it or maybe that's not the same thing. Yeah. They have them in all sorts of weird flavors. I actually just Googled it right now. They, oh my goodness. They have a garlic flavor. There's so many things wrong with that. I don't even, (laughs) I don't even know where to start with that, but. (laughs) So those I usually would not recommend because they're so sugary, but you could use that apple piece and like freeze something into there yourself, or I don't know, drill a hole in some carrots and put them in there. Like there's different things you could do with that. The lickets themselves, I don't know how I feel about using those, especially since when I did get them, my horses would have them gone within a day or two. So yeah, they're not ideal. Yeah, Yeah, I might not recommend them either, but it is something that is out there 
people are trying to make an enrichment product that I mean I respect that even though it's not ideal because it's so sugary think like on that note of like reusing that to make into something else if you look at the Instagram page enriching equines without any underscores or anything like I'm sure you know that page but for the listeners who don't if you look at that page on Instagram they have so many really good ideas of things you can do that are like pretty easy and homemade or only involve buying like a really cheap thing that you can then reuse a bunch to make different types of enrichment for your horses so I think that account, like if you were looking for ideas, you will get all the ideas you need from there. To be honest, it's a really good account. Yeah, I love that account. The one thing that they created that I keep thinking about and I really want to try is they had a jolly egg. They're like 20 bucks. They're meant for dogs. They're a herding ball, but they had drilled holes into it. So just like a circle saw drill, popped holes out of it and then used it like the Shire's trickle feeders or knows it, whatever other brands they are. But those are so much cheaper. Oh <laughs> yeah, like that's so 20 smart. Bucks. Yeah, so I want to try that. that. Yeah, you should update us. Let us know how it goes when you try it. <laughs> you could use that too, probably to stuff with hay too. I'm not entirely sure how big they actually are, but I imagine you could use that like a hay ball and those are even more expensive than the pellet feeders. So oh, it could yes. be a good alternative. Yeah, for sure. That is a really good idea. I feel like the list is endless yeah <laughs> so many things I mean snuffle mats are one oh, yeah snuffle mats I haven't tried that with my horses but the dogs love them so I mean that's yeah that they're fun something. they are fun yeah <laughs> my horses love them but they've learned that they can just pick it up and shake oh, no. it out so I'm gonna have to see if I can put something like heavy or attach it somehow somewhere yeah. that they can that they can't pick it up and shake it especially Ren she's so smart she will just she knows how to get the treats out so <laughs> that's something to be aware of if your horses yeah. are smart they will probably catch on quickly to that fact oh trickle feeders I mentioned also those are really good mine only lasted like a year and a half or so before I had to replace them so that's kind of sad but they're only like 30 bucks so it's not really that big of an investment and there's different brands too I've only had the Shires one not really sure about the quality of the others yeah that's that's a good point those are good and then training obviously can be enriching that's a pretty it's pretty low effort on your end nothing additional yeah very good point but again back to you want to make sure it's like actually like positively mentally stimulating to the horse so if your training is like chasing the horse around with a whip like join up then I don't know that like I would consider that enrichment but like a you know good science-based training I think you know that could include negative reinforcement if it's really done well and non-escalating it potentially could include it but I think the really best training enrichment is going to be positive reinforcement because it does stimulate that seeking system and get them you know thinking about problem solving and whatnot which you can somewhat get from negative reinforcement but not really to the same extent of like seeking out like the problem solving behaviors to get the reward yeah exactly with positive reinforcement I think the horse is thinking for themselves a lot more and with that you can also include like tarps or ground poles or jumps if your horse can do that And there's just different things you can incorporate that are kind of inherently enriching, even if you just leave them out in the pasture, but you can incorporate into your training as well. Yeah, that's true. And also with leaving things out in the pasture, I would just add, like, make sure that you maybe have practiced stimulus control with it, because I know if I were to say, like, leave um, 
cones out, even though I have actually practiced a good amount of stimulus control, my horses will at least go over and touch them a few times and be like, what's going on? Will I get a treat? And then they realize they won't and they walk away and they're fine. But like, especially if you haven't practiced stimulus control at all, they're probably going to just be very frustrated of like, why am I touching the cone and not getting any reward? And, you know, hopefully they will understand that like the person has to be present for them to get the reward. But also that could have like a negative implication in training if they do kind of learn that because like something a lot of us want to teach is our horses to walk away from us to go to a cone. So yeah, I would just be careful with using like training things that you're leaving out just in case it leads to any frustration or like extinction behaviors with the training. Yeah, that's true. Especially with, like you said, cones or stationary targets, if they don't know the stimulus control with that yet, but things that you're not using in training you can definitely leave out. I don't even yeah, think I sure. would I don't even think I would leave things that do have good stimulus control out, but I'm kind of a freak, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I leave my um little like platform things and not really platforms and more like boards. I leave those out there. Uh oh, my computer's made a noise. Let me silence that. Um <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do leave, yeah, I leave my boards out there, but they don't, they don't really care to stand on the boards too much if I'm not like asking them to, or if they do, they're, they don't really seem too frustrated by it. And it's just like a lot of effort to move them in and out. So I just leave them out there and I haven't really had an issue with that yet. Yeah. I leave my reverse round pen out, but I take the string off. So it's just the posts Mm. and that doesn't really seem to be an issue because I don't think my horses are going to walk, trot, and canter around a circle on their own. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. That's very fair. <laughs> yes. I am interested to see if my horses start to stand on the platform by themselves because I have sort of gotten it down now with at least Ren and Mimi. They are very good at standing on it. I have like a thick one that they stand on really well. And then I have a thin one that's like exactly the width of their hooves or maybe like Ren's hooves because hers are a little bit bigger and they're still kind of getting down like standing exactly on that one with their like square with both their front feet I think it's just like coordination wise it's a little bit tough because they well Mimi definitely has some physical issues going on that could make it tough and then Ren I think it's just so small it's very hard for her to get both feet exactly on it but it's also that that's also a part of training enrichment because you're kind of working on their like body coordination skills and kind of engaging that sort of like mental and physical part so yeah, I don't know I just rambled all over the place but there's some random things to think about <laughs> yeah I've even had troubles with just like a mat behavior they don't seem to be able to put two feet on there all the time so that's something that is training that would also be working on proprioception and just using their bodies correctly I hope you enjoyed this episode of Click Treat Repeat. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at Click Treat Repeat Pod. You can find Jen at Genuine Equine and myself at Bonafide.bt. We upload new episodes every Monday and hope to see you then. Happy training! <laughs>